Good people of the interwebs, once more I must interrupt the regular intro to let you know that the winds of change have arrived. And when they arrive, few escape. But first, welcome to... Part 2 A Crimson Aid podcast that will journey with four wayward adventurers into the heart of the Southlands, a land of mystery and adventure, where riches and dangers await those brave enough to cross the wild expanses. What's the news, mighty and perilous GM? The news is this, Mike replaces Mick. All the best to you, Mick. May your future exploits be filled with joy. And welcome to the adventure, Mike. Put on your RP hat and let's see what you've got. Okay, welcome to session 31 and our recap from the previous session. After an exhausting journey to Perbestet, Thorn leads you to a ruined house within the hunt. Shortly after arriving, Volga notices that Bashir's bag of holding has started to blacken, and its stitches are breaking. Within the magical extra-dimensional bag, the mundane objects have rotted or melted, and the magical objects are showing signs of deterioration. The outside portion of the Nightmare King's chest has blackened, and there's also a chipped stone. After you remove the canopic jar from the bag of holding, you notice that the latent magic that created the magical container slowly begins to heal it. Hmm, I wonder how much time it will take to heal. And I also wonder how long it will take for the spoiled food that Clicker littered to make this place stink to high heaven or to the high nest of Horus. In the meantime, Volga and Norbert investigate the abandoned house, determined it has not seen any sign of activity in quite some time, and that some loose floorboards will perhaps serve as a good hiding place. Wanting to help, an exhausted clicker investigates the floor's dust by licking it. If she wasn't so exhausted, I wonder if her tongue would have found a clue. During this investigation, Thorne identifies the chip stone as a cleansing stone, and with elaborate gestures he demonstrates how it can be used to clean oneself, or to clean one's clothes. Bemused, he watches as Volga and Clicker try to mimic his somatic gestures, and with a hearty laugh he admits his joke and reveals the secret to its use. Once clean of travel's grime, you also discover that all the cool stuff you collected from the Nightmare King's tower has disappeared. The unspelled wands, the gems, the book with your names in it, all gone. The only objects from Savosi's realm that did not disappear were the canopic jar, the blue shard, the small chest, and some candles. But enough. Thinking is tough, and keeping awake is an effort of will. Making yourselves comfortable, you fall asleep, all except Thorn, who manages to keep his eyes open to keep watch. On the night's breeze, children sing a gentle lullaby, and despite the oddness, that little bit of distant music helps Thorn fall fast asleep. Volga blinks her eyes open, and her mind, muddied with sleep, tells her that she is hearing a solitary child singing a sad, sad lullaby. You look about. Your companions are asleep breathing deeply, safe. And so you too let the distant music carry you back to sleep. The next day, sleeping on the floor of some abandoned house was just what the shaman ordered. You feel spry and full of energy, 
freedom. No more Bashir. No more Fay. Clicker approaches the loose floorboard hiding place, but stops short when she feels her stomach churn. It's still there. Now it is time to make a plan. Volka suggests finding a lead box as a new container for the spark, and Thorn suggests the library. What is sensible with both Volga and Norbit being of races not known to the Southlands? Walking about might draw too much attention. The decision is to head to the Wharf District, where Thorn recalls are many shops and market stalls. Norbert will stay to guard the abandoned house, and Volga will wild shape to the form of a cat to travel with the Tiefling and Ravenfolk. Within the Endless Bazaar, Clicker offloads her copper pieces to acquire a lead flask, a messenger bag, a sewing kit, and some bolts of velvet. And this is where we will start the session. But it Done. Thank you. Did I get it? I wrote that in the, like the last uh, half hour. Hey, that <laughs> That's was what I did. That was pretty good. I was um. Yeah, it came across okay with the um, message of the day thing. Yeah, yeah. The new, the new. So this is the yeah, new message of the day. Two weeks ago, too. Yeah. I thought you did that two weeks ago as well. I didn't copy the text, and I had meant to, because when I opened it up, the message of the day today, I was just like, "Ooh, I forgot to put the text in there." So I attempt. Yeah, I guess. What am I thinking? I attempted last time and it was close enough, so. Yeesh. Anyway. Uh, okay, so. It is just past midday. The sun is high overhead. It feels like it's about 23 centigrade. And you guys are still in the wharf district. You've acquired the gear that you were looking for. If you were wanting to grab anything else from, say, the player's handbook, you can grab that and just assume that it'll it'll cost whatever is written there. And if if that's good, I'll let you guys do that in the background. And give me a minute. So remember, um, Ivan, any sort of leads that Dagobah does that tries to guide us towards these new uh, new PCs, we totally ignore. Yeah, we don't want them in this campaign, right? That was the goal. <laughs> Both of you to assume we can recognize them. Oh, you such bastards. So, my personal goal for this, for this session is to make it through without the new characters being introduced. Go. <laughs> I have faith in Okay. So at, at one point, as you continue shopping in the wharf district, a thrum begins to hum in the air. It's gentle at first, but slowly it begins to swell. The white forms of the dead all turn to face the same direction and stand motionless with heads bowed. The living though, they continue their activities and they ignore the sound. The deep thrum grows and then it crests and the very air echoes with a boom that comes from all around 
I mean, that would be epic if if the uh, new PCs arrived to that. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Is this a normal thunder or lightning? You can give me an insight check. Would I know what this is since I've been here before? Yes, you would actually know what this is. And from that insight check of 26 and looking at the crowds about you, Volga. Oh, see the rain, rain has started. You hear that? My voice turned to sand. That's because of bloody rain. I haven't heard a difference. So yes, with that 26 of an insight check, Volga, you can tell that from the living, the way that they're just not reacting, this seems fairly normal. Uh, Thorn, you recall that, oh, every Saturday, roughly just past lunch, this sound would happen. And so when you look to the river amongst the massive monoliths that stand tall above the water, mist and fog have coalesced and they flow along this colonnade of monoliths. And then a portion of the mist separates and rises upward like a veil being raised and it rises up and it dissipates. And there amongst the colonnade of monoliths, the light shimmers and sparkles. And between two monoliths, the largest of the monoliths, there's a gap where there's no shimmering light. And you recognize this as the Bastet shield that happens every every Saturday. Okay. And the Bastet shield, what, um, what does that signify? Any ships that try to go anywhere except through the gap, the, the two large monoliths, they get... Let me remember exactly what ha that happens to them. It's not good. <laughs> Disintegrated? No, no, no. Um, so the if a ship or a flying creature tries to fly via that path... So I'll, I'll reshare the map. Yes, please. Okay. So all of those monoliths are that arch uh, out in the river there. So basically, number two is the... the oh, I guess I can share that. There you go. Number two. And number three, that is the two large uh, monoliths. They form the gate. That's the only safe passage when the shield happens. And you know that it will usually last just for a few hours. And you're also aware that if a ship tried to go through the any of the other monoliths, or if, say, if a creature tried to fly, I mean, yes, I know it's only 150 feet up, but if they did, the mist would suddenly... So you don't see mist now, you just kind of see a shimmer in the air, but the mist would just enshroud that boat or that flying person creature. And you know how, like, in that uh, Ragnarok movie from Thor where he runs in that circle and he just comes back. He runs around and he's talking to the rock dude and then he just comes and all of a sudden he's he's behind the rock dude and he runs kind of like in a constant circle. So basically so they like, would... Is it misdirection mist? Basically. Not misdirection, but all of a sudden, you know, you drive in and you go back out exactly the same way, not even aware that... I mean, you're aware that you've been turned about but you're not aware of it having happened just that well shit you tried to sail in and you can't or you tried to fly in in that direction and you just got spit out okay it is a defense yep and this only happens 
Okay, never mind. Let me just take that to in character. Um, Clicker jumps from the sound and looks around frantically. What? What's that? Oh, um, so, um, it, it seems that the, uh, def you see those, uh, columns out, out there? And he, um, points out to the, um, lots of pillars that are out in the, the bay. Yeah. I see that every undead turned at the same time. Well, uh, it's in relation to, uh, those pillars out there in the sea. Uh, I don't know why the, uh, undead are doing it, unless I do know why. You don't. Oh. Okay. Um, she but, now yeah. follows your your uh, gesture. And looks. And then looks I described the exactly harbor. exactly what Dagobah said, word <laughs> word for word. Okay. Okay. Um. So, how long does the shield last? Is it only the harbor? You know that it's only the harbor. E yeah. yeah. It 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 only covers. Uh, it only covers the uh, harbor. Um, for how long? It, it's well. Um, it, it seems to uh, last uh, most of the uh, the the day. He seems a little bit um, not quite sure of himself at this point. Anyway, hey, um, did you see um, the uh, look? Look over there, and he sort of points over and goes, "I think there's a healing potion uh, vendor there. I, I think I might get the." One of those healing potions, they seem to come in, come in handy. Sounds good. And uh, she's gonna follow, but her eyes are still squinting and she's looking around very, very suspectingly. And um, keeps in. I mean, she was very suspicious of the undead before, but now even more so. She was. Are the undead continuing their work now? Or are yeah. they still looking towards there? Uh, okay. Just as the thrum had built up, they stopped in their movement, and then after that horn blast just kind of echoed in the air, they were kind of frozen in place, and and then once the echo stopped, they begin moving about and doing the same thing that they were okay. doing previously. Yeah, she's she's very wary. Does it look like they're kind of disabled for that period? No. Okay. And you'd be aware that they aren't disabled. You just know that they do it, but you'd never gotten a concrete answer as to why. Well, you'd gotten answers, but because of the just vast assortment of answers, that nothing was consistent, so you have no conclusion to draw. Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. I won't, I won't say that to um, Clicker. <laughs> uh, Clicker, you can give me a perception check at advantage. Nineteen. Nineteen. When Thorn points out the stall that has a couple, and only a couple, uh, healing potions, and you're only sure of that because it advertises healing potion, because when you look at it, it, it isn't the sparkly red that you're used to. But you also know that, from the market, that um, you're confident that it's going to do what it's going to do. It's just not the color that you would expect. But... As he points that out, Clicker, you catch sight of a bit of flowers and herbs 
kind of in an odd position. And you kind of stop short when you see that. And you're like, and you're thinking you'd seen something earlier, but you just kind of let it uh, skip your mind. But when you've seen it again, this time in some different things, but forming the same shapes, I cannot read that. Oh, what the hell? You're supposed to understand that, Clicker. <laughs> Just put it in comments so we all understand it. Not a chance. <laughs> Damn it! Why didn't that work? The player oh, keeps the, the most of... secrets? Nah, I don't think he's gonna give it in, in common because Clicker is probably not gonna tell anybody. Oh, well, right, I mean, I'll, does I'll... he have the language in his. Um, he does. Yes. Is I it correctly why, spelt with um, case sensitivity? Yeah, that was the issue. There you go. Still saying no one knows it. Yeah, or does it show it on your side? Does. Oh, okay, good. So it's hidden from my side. Clicker look, looks, stops dead in her tracks and she looks over at those herbs and flowers that are arranged in this weird manner that they should probably not even be here in the middle of the wharf district and she goes closer okay i'll be with you shortly uh, i'll go with her okay is this the so place selling the potions because i no. would be there oh okay i'll be off buying a potion Oh, this is so you can just acquire from the handbook and just take two of them. That's the max they would have. Oh, I'm only buying one. Okay. So you walk up to this stall, and as you walk up to it, the stall is has a fresh pine smell to it. Uh, the person that is running the stall is has some barrels and crates and is looks like he's selling some farming implements. Were you doing anything, Clicker? Yeah, I, I thought you were describing the uh, the stall first, which is that's just it. So it's a a new stall. It has this, the smell of fresh pine, and the person that's behind the stall is a burly-looking fellow, and he's talking with this other uh, fellow that looks doesn't look overly wealthy, but looks like in fit shape, and you would think to the stereotype that guy looks like a farmer and he's talking about farming things with this other fella who's sitting behind the stall but you're explaining this to thorn right because clicker is not in front of the stall no no i'm explaining it to you clicker this is what you see no i'm i'm at a different stall buying buying oh. a potion. Thorn's at a different stall getting a, Sorry. Some, a potion this, i'm, yeah, I'm giving you all all the role play options here without me interfering <laughs> So this is directly next to, next to the herbs. So the herbs are sitting, kind of hanging off of the mm. edge of the his stall, okay. uh, and it looks very much like just some ornamentation that was added to make his stall look a little bit more mm. attractive. Than okay, I thought they were like on the ground. Okay. Gotcha. No. Okay. Yeah. 
So uh, she's coming closer and then she looks at these two people considering whether they may have been doing that to the herbs and, and flowers. Like, do they do they seem to fit this kind of, you know, stereotype? You can give me an insight check. Hmm. It's a low DC. Oh, well, here's it's a low good. roll. Ten. <laughs> it's a ten. That's still higher than what I was thinking. Looking at the fella who's selling the farm implements, this burly-looking fellow, and the way he's talking, his he's talking in, in vernacular that is doesn't sound like a highly, highly educated person with the other person that you assumed as a farmer. It doesn't seem to fit from what you can from look at what you're looking. Okay, so she she walks up a little closer even. I excuse me. He looks down at you. He's kind of got this cross look in his eyes, and he says, uh, "Just a minute, Jack. Hello. Uh, are you interested in buying some farming equipment?" No. How might I help you then? Where is the flood market? Kind of looks at you for a moment, and then he just kind of points behind him back in the uh, to the north where you can just see at the edge of the endless bazaar I, I know where it is as a player yeah yeah 24 N no no <laughs> Tw 22 but it says 24 is the oh the 22 is the flood market okay 22 sorry yeah uh all right so yeah she she uh, she nods and without saying goodbye um or hello for that matter clicking away happily she uh, is starting to move north um and you can hear him just exclaim to the other farmer and he just says hoogins yeah hoogins and uh she she first will find uh find thorn again in front of that stall yep this is highway robbery i um i did not expect this would cost 50 gold but fine i'll take it I'll take one as well. The female who's standing there, she just holds out her hand. And, and I hand her the gold. Procures 50, wait, uh, 300 silver and 20 gold. <laughs> oh, no, no, I'm, I'm paying for it. So it's all good. Unless you want to get with it your weight. She, she <laughs> insists on at least contributing the 300 silver. All right. I mean, so 30 sure, th thanks, Clicker. I mean, there's, there's a second one there if you want to buy your own. Oh, okay. No, yes, no, wait. No, I'm paying for my own. I, I uh, need I another that, one. I, I think that's a good idea. And what does Volga do while all of this is happening? I was uh, smelling and investigating the flowers and the herbs just to see what they were because I saw herbs and flowers maybe I know something because I'm a herbalist technically by trade give me uh, your cat's investigation check I guess or your intelligence check I suppose well uh, that's mine that's also my investigation yeah okay right of course right Wh whichever is better nine 
As you sniff about it as Clicker was sitting there and talking, I mean, they look like nothing uncommon. It looks like, you know, a bit of sage and stuff. There was nothing about it that strikes you as odd other than these herbs clearly do not grow together in a pattern like that. It was very clearly um, manipulated to form a pattern that you don't understand. And it was hung there. So, I mean, you aren't that you've seen them hanging on the table is one thing, but I don't know if you actually even clued into the fact that that was interesting to Clicker. Ah, I, I only went there because I thought I would see her looking at it and then turning, separating from, so. Okay, then, if I didn't see it, then I have no interest in the random herbs. I mean, your insight from before was about checking about the people with respect to that. So, yeah, I didn't get you to roll a, a second insight. So, I mean, you could have just snuffed about and seen they were odd, but uh, I don't think you would have clued into the fact that Clicker thought they were interesting. Okay, then. Then I do nothing. Again, you still encounter, like, cats still always kind of walk up to you and... As soon as they touch noses with you, they pretty much turn and are gone. They don't give you any more of a once over other than that just initial nose touch. No behind sniffing? I would not allow for such a behavior. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that, that would be the, the normal thing before a nose touch rule even. Uh, okay, so yeah, Clicker imitates i mean she she has her own voice voice right normally you would you would experience uh ravens or raven folk to be um replicating what they heard somewhere else and she somehow developed um her own voice probably heard somebody who who sounded like she wanted to sound like and then just listened to them for a while and started to um what do you call it? Uh, create, yeah, mim mimic words in in a way that like she was able to uh, splice together the sounds of different syllables, and now she has her own voice. Yeah. But um, you can hear when she's she can only do this in in one and a half kind of volumes, um, only going up. So now when she mumbles to herself, suddenly she's talking in a male voice. And just like that, my she... gold is... Not weird at all. Sorry, what? What was she going to say in this male voice that she stitched together? Just like that, my gold is gone. Ah. And she, she looks over at, at Thorn. I may need your help paying for this compartment for potions. This is where I would put the potion of healing. Oh, she shows um, him the messenger bag uh, with the velvet. Uh, I see. Well, um, fortunately for you, um, I managed to uh, convince uh, one of these uh, vendors to uh, part with a large cache of uh, gold for uh, those hats I uh, didn't uh, fancy. Um, how much do you need? I don't know. We need to find a tailor, I think. 
Right. Um, well, I mean, do you know where one is? She looks around um, and just very quickly, like there's no chance with the speed she's turning that she finds anything and then turns back to towards the stall. Hey! Where can I find a tailor? Just give me a history check in the meantime. The three of you. Me too? Yeah. I 16. Don't, don't know yeah. stuff. Oh, 14. Yeah, I was, I was yeah. confused. You guys, I mean, you're asking for this, but you also all recall early on when you were in the Nightmare King's house uh, the very first time when Norbert had acquired a sewing kit, how happy he was. I... I, I remember because that's that's why she bought the sewing kit, right? So, uh, yeah. But but anyway, let's just keep playing it like that. Um, that may be a backup plan. But yeah, she acquired the sewing kit specifically for for uh, Norbit to be able to sew that together. I forgot. And when you ask, a number of vendors point in different directions. And when you look about, you can actually see there's a number of shops nearby that look like they sell clothing of a sorts. Uh, one place is called the Spinster and the Centaur. You see another place called the Star and the Scholar. They're not stalls within the bazaar itself, but they're on the outside edge. Okay, if, if Norbit can't do it with this... She pulls out the sewing kit. He can go to the star and the other thing. Uh, I was thinking the uh, spinster and the uh, minotaur, but uh, yeah, the star one could work. She shrugs her shoulders and um, again lo looks back at, at the uh, at the vendor who hasn't answered, has he? There was just a number of vendors, so when you asked out loud no, the, if there's oh, a we're tailor. still standing in front of the potion seller, though. Yeah, okay. So that that's who she asked uh, whether they they know where where Taylor is. Uh, apparently, we're standing there awkwardly now. <laughs> yeah, just okay. Sure. The potion seller just kind of uh, shrugs in front in front of you and. Uh, kind of just nods towards the people that uh, who've been listening into your conversation and, and pointed off to a couple of shops. Hmm. Okay. Clicker pulls uh, Thorn by um, by the kilt and um, looks at Volga as well. Little cat, probably still moving about. Wait, is it still a cat? Yes, she's still, Volga a, cat is still a cat. Okay. Yeah. Okay. She's got, I remember you, um, you saying about something about uh, she would have to turn back at some point at the end of the last session, so I'm not sure when that happens. Yeah. It took you nearly an hour to walk from the hunt to get to this, the Endless Bazaar, number 21. It took you roughly an hour of shopping around, so it's been two and a half it's been two and a half hours so far. So you got roughly half an hour before you have to leave before she turns back. 
Thorn. Uh, yeah. Can you come with me over there? She points towards the flooded market north of uh, where we are. Would I know anything about the flooded market? Um, it's like most of the other markets, except this is a market that is comprised entirely of uh, boats and barges that have been strung together. Okay, so there, there could be any manner of interesting things there. It's not like a seedy, dodgy one or anything like that. You do know that there is supposedly, I mean, it's just general chatter uh, that you had heard rumors and gossip that you just things that you couldn't help but pick up. But you'd heard that one of the branches of the Bastet military, part of the Army of Summer, uh, there is one of the, is it a warlord? No, one of the generals. One of the generals uh, happens to spend a lot of time in that particular market. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, we we can go there if you want. Is there anything in mind you want want to find there? I think I may have discovered a treasure map. Oh, really? I mean, it, it, are they selling it in the flooded market or? Uh, what are we dealing with? I don't know. I want to find out. We're free now. So I'm, my first act of freedom is to follow that trail. He sort of shrugs that. So Thorn shrugs his shoulders and nods and goes, Okay, well, uh, lead the way. As we are going through the space, I want to keep my eye on what kind of people are here, how many different races. I'm trying to guesstimate how dangerous would it be for me to be me. Like, how much attention do I think it would attract? Okay. Um, you do notice that being inside the market, predominantly you notice um, and in equal proportions, you just see there's a lot of the the dead, but there you see mostly humans. There's gnolls, but in this particular market, you see more humans than gnolls, and you see a spattering of cat folk. The gnome that uh, you guys had encountered earlier at the other shop was um, certainly the only gnome you've seen so far. And you've seen uh, maybe a couple of dwarves That's about all you've seen so far. I mean, in terms of, of that, uh, I'll have you make another roll. Uh, actually, I'll have you make a roll now. Let's let's do okay. a wisdom or perception. Let's not nah, wisdom. Let's go for wisdom. Yeah, I mean, it's clear from your cat's eyes that the majority are and your cat's senses. The majority are humans and gnolls. Uh, you catch scents of other, but you don't know what they are. So, mostly humans, significant amount of gnolls so far, catfolk, or tabaxi, uh, and a bit of uh, dwarves, the one gnome, and some Jinborn is all you've seen so far. 
So I haven't seen any raven folk or tieflings, but how do people do people react in some way to Clicker and Thorn? Thorn maybe Thorn wouldn't know that. Thorn has file of horns underneath a tor turban, so he looks like a human. Yeah, but he's let them grow for the past year because he wasn't able to sh cut them. Hmm. So how large are they now? I don't know, you tell me, how would, long would they be, Thorn, after a year of growth? I mean, after my extensive study of um, the anatomy of <laughs> tieflings, I would assume... <laughs> I don't know. One centimeter? <laughs> I would say probably at least a couple of inches. So yeah. let's say five centimeters. Yeah. So he's looking like Hellboy a bit. But yeah, I mean you would have noticed that it, the people didn't seem to react uh, oddly to uh, Thorn nor to Clicker. With that with that perception check, it wasn't check, yeah, you didn't notice anything like that. But there were Ravenfolk and Tiefling undead servants, but yeah, no Furbolgs undead, yeah. right? Hmm. Nope, no Furbolgs. Haven't seen any of those. The only one you've seen so far has been Volga. In your entire life, before you were captured, you'd never seen one, nor had Thorn. Still need to investigate those flappy ears. Well, they're small. They're small, pointy ears now. Yeah, that's right. It does take you a good 10, 15 minutes of jostling through the crowd to eventually work your way over to get to the the flood market so you know you've got a little bit of time before you'll need to get back otherwise Volga's going to change uh, she's unable to talk right so uh, Clicker probably kept track of this um, are there sundials frequently here is it called sundial like a sun clock kind of thing um, or, or does she just have to try and keep track of the sun no, I'd say, yeah, that would be probably common to have things like sundials and whatnot in, in large bazaars and whatnot to give people an idea of the time of day. Again, prestigitation, thaumaturgy, and druidcraft are all, you're able to tell the exact time of day with those spells. Oh, I have thaumaturgy, so that would be helpful. Yeah. Um, also, I'm stealing that from Eberron. We talked about it before we left. I also have this guy self, so I have half an hour of looking like somebody else, just in case. But you'd need time to put on a disguise. Or, or sorry, the spell. No, it's a, it's a, a tool. It's a furbog thing. Spell. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Yeah, okay. And I think from memory, um, she has two hours per... Um, Shape change. Per wild shape, and, yep. Yeah. And we've only been out for an hour and a half, right? Two and a half hours. Oh, two and a half an hours. Ah, hour, uh, okay. An hour to walk to get there. Right, right, right. Well, I'm assuming she'll start to agitate um, at some point. When the soon. time is nigh. Yeah. So you walk across, you get to the edge of the flood market, and what are you going to do? How uh, 
how dense is the population in this market? Very dense. It's as, as dense as the endless market. The only distinction here is you can see that the people that weave amongst the boats, you know, they wobble every once in a while because they are boats that are sitting in the water, even though they're all roped together. So a lot of the boats have ropes to prevent people from falling into the into the river. Some don't. And there's some large ones. There's some barges there and whatnot. No huge ships. Okay. The huge ships you would have seen would have been off of the the Endless Bazaar and the, that area there. Okay. Mm -hmm. So... Um, hmm. If it's so densely populated, this this will take a while. So as we as we arrive at the edge of the flood market, um, Flicker one more time looks at the sun and then tries to find a sundial that is standing around. Um, it and looks at Volga and goes goes down on on uh, or in a crouched position. Can you keep this up? You said your time is running short. What you said. Do we need, do we need to go in a... In a side alley? She looks up at Thorn. I mean, it's a bit hard to uh, recap, but I think that was no about the uh, side alley at least so if you want to go anywhere lead us now is the time if you have it covered just follow and she stands up and waits for for volga to move and if she doesn't flicker will continue into the market okay so i want you to roll me uh, 2d6 and well, actually sorry before you do that give me a charisma check alright now roll me 2d6 whoa <laughs> what? sorry oh, the that was Thorn heck going was bananas. that that's a lot of sixes Six and four. Sorry, just doing some math here. Mm -hmm. All right. It's going to take you the rest of the day and probably some time into the morning of walking around, trying to, of questioning and meeting with people in order to find what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. So in other words, you won't be able to find what you're looking for till at least 10 a.m. Next, the next day. Yeah, that's okay. So, uh, yeah, but she she's starting to, to go around, and you will observe, Thorn and, and Volga, that Clicker is... It seems... It seems weird. You, you have never seen her like this, for sure. Um, it actually looks like she, for the first time, other than when she was Sonota jumping from 125 feet, is completely in her element, and... She is inquiring with different people, asking 
questions that make absolutely no sense. Like, she's asking people about their grandmothers and um, inquiring what they had for lunch. And it's very hard to follow any sort of pattern as she moves about um, and, 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 and chatters people up and chats people up and uh, after... Would I, have seen, would I have seen anything like this before? This kind of interaction with from Clicker? Well, no, no. Just in general with anything, anyone I've met. Not necessarily with Clicker, because obviously this is the first time it's happened with Clicker. It's clear that something has sparked her, her interest. You're not really sure why she's interested in something and why she seems to be making such innocuous conversations with random people. As far as you know, she's never been to the city before. Although you do recall her vision and her mentioning of someone named Ari Kalini. But you, with your perception, yeah, you could hear, following her around, you'd hear her well enough, but you've never heard her mention that name. And as far as you're concerned, Clicker, give me a another perception roll at advantage again. Seven, 18. Yep. You would have spotted uh, a number of other places as you were walking around talking to people that basically said the exact same thing uh and not just in flowers and herbs but in other objects here and there that form this this same similar distinct patterns mm, okay so the first time she sees that um maybe after half an hour of investigating what happens to volga let's go through that first for perhaps yeah so volga um so it's been now three hours. Yeah. Since you guys have been away. You've got an hour left on your your wild shape. So and you know that where you are now is gonna take longer to get back if you take the same route to get back to where you did. You're not aware that there's other paths. You've never been to the city before. You don't know about the, the other bridges that are available. You just don't know the path that Thorn has indicated. So you know it'll take longer than an hour to get back. Um, yeah, it's fine. So when there is one hour left, I will try to communicate to Thorn. How do you do that? Uh, are there any... I mean, we discussed it, but not that explicitly. Are there any sundials? <laughs> that are within the reach of a cat. Yeah, yeah, you'd, you'd be able to find a sundial. I thought you were going to scratch his eyes out or something. Okay, that makes more sense. <laughs> a sundial. <laughs> no, or I will... Actually, I will just attract Soren's attention. And I will oh. scratch four, um, like four lines in the sand. And do I you will... need to go? Do you need to go party? And I um... will erase three out of four lines and point that there is only one left. Oh, right, Mwah. right, right. Um, just just one moment. I'll uh, I'll uh, let uh, Clicker know. Mwah. 
and I'll walk up to Clicker. Hey, um, uh, I think our uh, feline friend uh, needs to uh, head back. She nods and um, does not change position at all as she's gazing at um, the at the side of a of a stall or sorry at the side of a boat that just seems to carry a regular name it, it seemed to have been a name uh, named boat before but you can see that there are like little scratch marks between the letters and she's staring at that as if that was the next piece of the puzzle and finally after 10 seconds perhaps she manages to avert her gaze and uh looks at thorn yes yes let's go back the hunt is okay. just over there isn't it she points eastwards y yeah um I, I think there's a, a small bridge um across the uh, the water river um but I think we need to uh, skirt around the edges to uh, stay, you know, safe. I mean, maybe we can go through the middle, but uh, it could get a bit, uh, could get a bit iffy. Uh, I, I don't know which way you want to go. We have survived a court full of fae, and we have survived Bashir's endless torment over months. Well, Bashir's and Lord Rishi's. I'm not afraid of the hunt. What are okay. we going to encounter? Singing kids? I mean, I, I don't know. I haven't actually been in here before, only around the edges. And uh, I i mean, I was always told to keep away if, if you can, because, uh, you know, uh, there's uh, unfriendly things here. But yeah, sure, we can uh, head through. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? Hey, yeah. Uh, by the way, why in the world would you be interested in wanting to know about the uh, trade prices of uh, potatoes? I mean, that seems like a weird conversation. She um, just raises raises a hand, signifying him to wait. Let's go back first. Okay. And then uh, we'll make our way um, probably towards the shore so we can skirt around the uh, that part of the district to uh, to move towards the so bridge. So are you walking through the hunt or are you going to skirt it? So I'm hunt. assuming if you have a look on the map, I've got an arrow pointing to the bridge yep. we'll probably be taking. Yep, you can take that. Yeah, so we take that bridge and then that means we're pretty much going through the hunt. Okay, so you are going to go through the hunt. Okay. So you've never been through the hunt. So finding your way. So clickers will know which way is north. So that's good. Give me a someone to do who will need to do a perception check. And the other guy will have to do a survival check. Not the I'm same person. I'm happy to do survival. I'll do perception. What about Volga? Can she assist with uh, either of those things? Uh, 17 and 18. 
not as I mean well you got an 18 and a 17 that's fine you, you rolled, I didn't roll um, yet with advantage that was my previous uh, that uh, was my previous perception roll. I'm waiting for Dagobah's judgment on whether Volga is able to help with anything I mean I'm keeping my eye out uh, because they were talking as if it's a dangerous place so I'll just be alert the survival check is about knowing the direction as you go through the hunt. The perception is about keeping your eye out for untowards things to potentially avoid encounters if possible. So you'd readily be able to communicate that to Volga to a point where she would figure out how to communicate that back to you as a cat, I think would be not a difficult. So yeah, Volga could do the perception check. So Clicker does nothing then? Or are we assisting each other with advantage? Now, you, how would you assist her? Um, I mean, if we both to do with advantage, if she's the for... cat, she's running about on buildings and whatnot, and moving a lot quicker than you could for perception. Sure, uh, but Clicker is also looking looking out for stuff. No, it's it's fine. I mean, as long this as this is my uh, ruling about getting through yeah. an unknown section of urban with my percentile. Yeah, this yeah. So, so yeah, one person is okay perception and a 17. so as you walking through it does take you an hour as you're walking through at which point uh volga you do revert back to your human form but you are at this point you are you guys are in the hunt walking through the hunt and it is very very empty you you do hear some things but you are able to warn your companions and avoid most encounters so with those rolls 17 for survival and a 23 for perception you're able to wait navigate your way through these unknown streets it does take you another hour and a half to get there so it is now oops wrong thing i'll put the time in here oops I never liked that I have to use the mouse wheel to do the time. So it's now just after three. So as you guys are getting closer to the place, you're coming in from the other direction. And as you're getting closer to the house. Oh, that's not the one. Actually, if we get closer and I start recognizing the neighborhood, so to say, I will do the fallbog magic to um, disguise myself. Okay. And I will look like a halfling. I don't know why okay. it's a stupid idea, but I'm, I'm going to be a halfling woman. No, there, older, was, there older. were no halflings so far. Yeah, yeah that's, that's a very that's weird all I know. choice. I should have <laughs> fixed somebody on the market, but... But all, all I know are frogs and halflings, so I'm going to be a like, halfling woman herbalist who I know. Yeah, I was, I was about to ask, does, uh, does this guy self then just create the illusion or do you actually change size 
Because I know that uh, spells that change size uh, to probably, disguise yeah. yourself have yeah, a limitation can, to how much height they can change. Yeah, I can change height, but not that much. So I can't do... I can't do forward. Okay. Uh, true, I can't do halfling. Oh, oh boy, oh boy, oh boy. Uh, I, I will do then like a cat person. Because I've seen those clothes before. Yeah. Like, okay. it's still a blue cat. <laughs> Not like unnaturally blue, like a Russian blue or British blue. So, okay, so you, you're taking gray. on a catfolk shape and just making yourselves, making your fur bluish. In other words, you look like Clicker just in cat form. And of course, less shiny because, you know, Clicker is right. absolutely fabulous. That feathers right versus fur. This is Ivan. I'm also known as Gregory Dog, the Hammer Dog Games Community Manager, and I'm playing Clicker, a Ravenfolk locksmith. Hello, my name is Atua, and I will be playing Thorn of the Tiefling Bard. Hi, I'm Darium. I'm playing as Vorgashelist, the Frog Druid. I'm Mick, and I play Norbit. And then there is me. I am Dagaba, and you're listening to a Crimson Nib podcast. You can follow me on Twitter at Crimson Nib or at Facebook.com slash Crimson Nib. If you've enjoyed what you've heard, please rate and review me on Google Podcasts, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So until next time, good people, adieu.